Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 154 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, somebody got Mike Curry. And I'm back here with another episode, man. And we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, man. B. Jones said, you know, we, he got the spot. And I'm in the spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're not, we not in the pot. We at, we at B. Jones' spot. So I'm going to just say it like this. So obviously, uh, to the left of me, man, this is my co-producer, man. Uh, without this guy, I wouldn't be doing the show. Uh, so obviously you see him and you, you know, you see by the title and the description that, you know, he's with me on this episode once again and right next to me, man, my brother, the co-producer, man, without this guy, I wouldn't be doing this show at all. So B Jones was good, bro. What's up, man? I'm living good. I'm living good. I'm glad you pulled up. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we definitely discussed this, but to be here, you know, it's just a good feeling. It's a good feeling for sure. Absolutely, bro. We got a lot of stuff to talk about and... I don't even want to waste any time, but first, before we get to the NFL, man, it was obviously a very wild, wild card weekend, but we had a huge trade in the NBA, and it it, it was huge, man. It was crazy. It, like, the turn of events, they happened so fast. We literally had, we literally heard James Harden play a game against the Los Angeles Lakers where they got smacked around, and then he comes out in the post-game interview and says, you know, I basically said I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. That's pretty much what he said. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing it. But B. Jones, before I hop into the details, first of all, what was your reaction? Um, so the first, like that first night, like after the Lakers game, when he when I first saw the press conference, I'm like, oh, he's wild. He, <laughs> he said, yeah, basically, like we're trash. We don't have enough. And so it was like at that point he can't come back to the yeah. team. So I think I think he was trying to like force his way out his his way out like gracefully, but they they just weren't letting him go. And even if you look at the stats, like I don't think he had scored like over like twenty one points in like the past four games or something like yeah. that. And so then the next day the trade happens, and I'm like, okay, cool. But the way I feel about the trade, like I don't like this doesn't give me the same feeling as like when Katie went to the Nets. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the Nets are necessarily an unstoppable team. Like, yes, they have a lot of talent, but they do have questions with death. Uh, they have DeAndre Jordan starting at center, who isn't the DeAndre Jordan of like the Lob City. That's Clippers. exactly what I was gonna get into. So, um, I think who's starting at the Katie starting at the Oh yeah, they got Joe Harris starting. Yeah, Katie, Katie, Katie at the four. So it's like this team kind of reminds me more of the Clippers of last year than it does the Warriors. Obviously, this team is more talented, but I don't think they're an unbeatable team by any stretch. Yeah. So that's how I really feel about it for the Nets. Uh, I like I like the uh, addition of Karis LeVert for the Pacers. I think that's a real good pickup because if you look at the few games that Kyrie missed when Karis LeVert like really got to play his game. He was hooping. He had like yeah, a 40-piece one he game. He was going on. So I think that's like a slight upgrade over... Victor Oladipo. Oladipo had been playing better this season than he was last season, but I think the upside for Karis LeVert is better than uh, what you were going to give from Oladipo. And Oladipo was probably most likely going to walk after this Anyways, season. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, I think I like this move for the Pacers. Uh, the Rockets, mm, yeah, mm, I don't really got much to say. I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll be a playoff team. So yeah, uh, I mean they, they've got like they've got talented you know put 
put up points and stay in games. But I don't. Yeah, they they, yeah. they got the talent to be yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, I don't think this moves the needle for them at all. And I mean, I don't really have much to say about the Cavs. I mean, they just they were kind of just like a filler team in the trade. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. I mean, my reaction to the trade was I was talking to some of my friends about him, and he said he said Harden gonna be gone by the end of by the end of tomorrow, and I was like, yeah, bro, like he can't really come back from that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my reaction it was like, okay, you know, Harden, you know, he he finally got what he wanted, and he's on the Nets. But the way I look at it is what you were just talking about. They don't have any depth, and. To a point in the playoffs, death is a little bit overrated. You're usually playing like an eight-man rotation, nine at the most. You know what I'm saying? You're not really playing too many guys, heavy minutes besides, you know, your 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 key guys and your, you know, first guys off the bench. So it is, you know, to a degree, death is still a little um, you know, overrated, but I still I still question it. I still question it. If they still had Dinwiddie, then it would be it would be different. different yeah, it'd be different, but you know, you just got Kyrie, you got Harden, you got KD, you got DeAndre Jordan. And like B. Jones just said, DeAndre Jordan is not the same Lob City DeAndre Jordan. So and it, to me, he wasn't even all that great. He wasn't worth, you know, a team, you know, locking him in his own house and holding him hostage. <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying? He was like a rotation. But he was starter. cool. Yeah, he was definitely he was definitely a starter, man. You know, he was definitely, you know, he was nice. He was he was nice, you know, way more athletic. Obviously, you know, he's gotten up there in age a little bit. Definitely battle some injuries, but then off the bench you got uh, Jeff Green, you got um, uh, what's that guy TLC? I don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not even gonna try to. But it's just like they don't really Nicholas Claxton. Like they got <laughs> they got different dudes <laughs> off the bench. Alias, nah, this is not even this is alias dudes. This, this alias dudes. Like so, it's it's. <laughs> Like, it's cool. They got Harden. They got Durant. They got Kyrie. You know, Steve Nash. He's going to figure something out. He's going to figure out the rotations. And But I think the good thing for them is, you know, this is only January. So, they have plenty of time to figure things out. And, yeah. But as you said, I like the move for Karis LeVert for the Pacers. You know, they get a guy who, who's a three-level scorer. He's a bucket. You know, he can he can score from everywhere. I like, him. I like his game a lot. Um, and the Pacers have already been hooping. Malcolm Brogdon's been hooping. Sabonis has been playing well. I actually like their team. I like their coach, their new coach, and it's got them playing more of an up-tempo style of basketball yeah. uh, for the Rockets. I mean, they get Victor Oladipo, but I still view this as probably like a one-year rental. I think I think he wants to play for the Heat, mm -hmm. so I just think that's it. And then um, Jared Allen and Torian Prince, they get to go to the Cavs. I mean, those are some solid, solid rotational pieces. I don't I don't understand the immediate fit for the Cavs. I mean, I guess they may try to trade Drummond, but yeah, they got they, they got a big man. yeah they got Drummond, McGee, and now and Kevin Love still there and Nance, and, and Larry Nance Jr. as yeah. well. And you know you, you add Jared Allen. I mean, Torian Prince he fits in there well, but I don't. The Cavs must they must not be done. I, they're probably going to be a deadline team. They got they got they're gonna I think they're definitely going to make another trade. So I mean those. Obviously, the Rockets got back a haul of picks. We'll see. I don't think it'll, those those haul of picks will necessarily pay off in the immediate. But you know, maybe you know, four or five years down the line, you know, we could could see some things shake. But I do think the Nets kind of had to do this. If you guys don't even remember, Kevin Durant can opt out after next year, so we'll see. But then it should be cool, man. They, they should come out the East. Mm -hmm. You still got the Bucks, who are a more complete team. 
and you still can't rule out the heat, but we haven't seen a team like this with this much offensive firepower. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, and these are the three most skilled players in the league. So that's that. Uh, let's move on. And I want to have a quick wild card recap. Um, first game we had was the Bills and the Colts. I didn't get to watch a ton of this game, but I, from what I saw, the Bills kind of almost lost this thing. They kind of did, but Stefan Diggs, he was, he was terrific in this one. He, he didn't get to get his usual, you know, nine, ten catches that he has been getting over the past four to five weeks, but he still played well. He was still able to beat the Colts over the top. And I, I just thought it was a good game, and I thought the Bills were going to win. I thought this game would be close. And to me, the better team prevailed in this situation. Uh, B. Jones, what do you think? Yeah, I was kind of in and out uh, during this game as well, so I didn't really get to see the game start to finish. Um, I saw most of the first half, and then I missed the end, so I like caught the recap at the end. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like the Colts were way more competitive than I thought they would be. I thought the Bills – I thought it would I thought it would be a competitive game, but I thought the Bills would kind of pull away. Yeah, and win by like 10 or something. Yeah, yeah, 10, 13, something like that in the um, in the second half just because they had more firepower. But I got to give credit to Phillip Rivers. I mean, this is kind of like encapsulates uh, Phillip Rivers' career. Like they always yeah. get close, but they just don't get it. Get over uh, the hump, yeah. Yeah, so um, – but yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a great game from what I saw. Um, I mean, these these were two teams that played played hard all season, uh, played hard defense, and they have uh, good offenses. But I think the Bills just had more talent in the yeah. end, and that's why they prevailed. But that's not a great game for sure. Uh, for me, uh, one last thought on this game: Josh Allen, he got to do a little better, man. He has some. Like kind of like blunders in this game. He was taking like bad sacks, and mm. he had a fumble that he got it back himself. It it was weird, man. But I did think that the better team would prevail. Mm. Uh, let's move on to the second game. We had the second game was the was that the Ravens game? No, that was the. Oh no 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 Rams Rams Seahawks Rams, Rams Seahawks. Yep, That's yep. right. All right, so second game Rams Seahawks. I thought this game. I thought this game was interesting, man. I, I picked this game incorrectly. Let me first say that. Let me own my loss. I thought the Seahawks offense would play better in, in the first in the first half. They were terrible. Like they did not look good at all. We saw uh, what's that guy? Darius Williams. He made a great play on that interception on that screen pass. That was a great play. Uh, but the Seahawks offense, they they got off to an extremely slow start. Um. The Rams, their offense, their offense was solid. Uh, Cam Akers, I got a shout out. I got Cam Akers, man. He came to play. Uh, he's been looking terrific. For y'all to know, I, I I was using that dude in Madden a couple <laughs> of months ago. He was turned up. But the story in this game was was Jared Goff actually playing. Um, they were gonna start. Well, they did start John. Was it Wolford? Mm -hmm. And he did start, and he got whacked by Jamal Adams. And that, that put him out and that unfortunately put him in an ambulance. And Jared Goff had to come in. And he looked all right, man. I think the, st the thumb is still bothering him. But he looked all right, man. But I, I think, you know, this this just comes down to what me and B. Jones talked about. If the matchups were different, we would have saw either of these teams. We would have saw both of these teams advancing if the matchups were different. But it just came down to this particular matchup. And the Rams, 
They do have the recipe to beat Russell Wilson. They have an athletic defense. They have Aaron Donald. And they have, you know, some nice linebackers like Leonard Floyd. And, you know, they just got they just got an athletic defense as a whole. So I think, and as far as getting pressure on Russell Wilson, they do that the best out of any team that he goes against. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this game, I mean, the recipe was there for the uh, Seahawks to win this game. Um, I think, like I think I mentioned on the last podcast, the Seahawks offense that we kind of saw in the second half of the season, you know, they were putting up a lot of points, putting up a lot of numbers. Uh-huh. Let Russ cook in the first half of the season, and in the second half of the season, um, they kind of fell off. Um, and we we saw that's the off that's the version of Seattle that we saw on Saturday. And yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to them like kind of abandoning the run game. Like we kept hearing let Russ cook, let Russ cook this season. But against a team like the Rams, you're gonna really you're gonna have to kind of control the game through the ground because they have a great. They have a great uh, defensive line. They have a great secondary. So if you keep dropping Russ back to let Aaron Donald and those boys tee up on uh, tee off on them, it's not like they have a weak secondary that somebody's eventually going to get open. Right. Uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey had the recipe for DK DK Metcalf in every game that they played this season. So I just don't think they really had a great game plan um, to to uh, really beat the Rams and then. They gave up. They uh, how many? Did Russell throw two two picks? I know he threw the one pick six. I feel like he threw another one too. Think they he threw were, another. Yeah. One. So they were kind of they were the Rams offense. I mean, besides Cam Akers, I mean, Golf made a few plays here and there, but he wasn't really. He didn't really have. Well, any he didn't type light of, it up. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have any type of command over the game. So this game was there for the taking. I think this one is more on. Even though the Rams put up thirty one points. This loss is more on the offense than the defense because they just weren't getting it done and they just kept turning it over, giving the Rams good field position. And, and the Rams were taking advantage. The Rams were taking advantage. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Shouts out to my mom. She's a big Rams fan. So, mom, your team is still alive. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And what game was that? That was the football team. Football oh, team. yeah. Yeah, Saturday night. Saturday night was the Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. And, you know, we heard a lot of things. Uh, Chase Young said he wanted Brady. I think the media kind of spun that the wrong way. He was more so saying he wants the challenge of going up against Tom Brady. And, you know, you media people, y'all twisted. I'm part of media too, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't misinterpret what he said. But we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Washington football team. And honestly, I know the Buccaneers won this game, but I'm not going to lie, BJ. I think this game was more so about Taylor Heineke, man. He It wasn't a – I mean, they they controlled the game from start. It definitely finish, controlled it. But it wasn't a dominant. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a dominant performance by the Buccaneers. But shout out to Taylor Heineke, man. He balled out in this one. And, you know – this crazy, man. Taylor Heineke was the fourth quarterback to start a game for the Washington football team this season. Uh, obviously, they started off with Dwayne Haskins. Haskins, you know, stinks it up. Kyle Allen comes in. Kyle Allen gets hurt in the in the, um, in the, New York, in the second game against the Giants. Alex Smith comes in against the, the Rams. The Rams, yeah, he comes in that Rams game. Kyle Allen came back. He came. Kyle Allen started the Rams game. He got hurt, and Alex Smith comes in and he and he plays in that Rams game. And you know, it was his first time playing since that you know major injury. And then 
You know, he gets hurt towards the end of the season with a calf strain. And I think the football team, you know, not to give up a com for a competitive advantage standpoint, they didn't reveal who was their starter until it was actually time to do so. Taylor Heineke came, they made some plays, uh, got a little banged up towards the end. And he he had a, uh, I'll just say he, the, he had a valiant effort. Uh, for the Buccaneers, though, they did a great job. I thought, you know, the key matchups were going to be the, the D-line of the Washington football team versus the offensive line of the Buccaneers. Obviously, they won that matchup. I saw Donovan Smith uh, time after time handle Chase Young pretty much, you know, most of the game. I think Montez Sweat did get a sack. Deron Payne, though, he will, he did make a couple of plays. But for the most part, the Buccaneers, they, they won that matchup on the O-line. Uh, the other matchup I thought that was going to be crazy and, you know, was a key matchup was the Buccaneers wide receiver core versus the secondary of the Washington football team. And we saw Mike Evans have a nice game. We saw Antonio Brown score the first touchdown in the game. Chris Godwin had a nice game. A Cameron Bray, he had a nice game. So it was it was the two matchups that I told you guys about. And I thought those were the two matchups that were going to decide this game. And I mean, I, I, I don't know who expected Tom Brady to go out in the wild card. So I'm going to just say that, man. The Buccaneers did get it done. B. Jones, what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, pretty much exactly like you said, this game was really decided by um, the two matchups that we discussed, which was the Bucks offensive line versus the football team defensive line. Tom Brady had a lot of time to throw, and as a result, their uh, technically sound receivers were able to kind of have their way with the DBs and get open and consistently move the chains, and they even got a boost from their run game. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's another thing I talked about. I said, I said, I think... I said, uh, weakness in the football team, you know, obviously they had a nice defense this year. Mm -hmm. um, but I did think the numbers were a little bit inflated. And I, I told you, I watched the, I watched their run defense. They got gutted by Wayne Gallman and Alfred Moore. As mm -hmm. I said, the Buccaneers can get it going on the ground. And you said Leonard, Ford, Leonard Fournette was, I was going to say Leonard Fortnite. Oh, my God. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, he looked like, you, you said the other day, you said he, he was looking like, like LSU. LSU. This is a guy that averaged, I think he was averaging like 3.5 or 3.6 yards. Something like that. On the season. He, I, I think he had under 400 yards. So, they really exploited that matchup. So, and that also limited the opportunities that the uh, football team D-line had to go after Brady. Mm -hmm. So, I think just... A combination of all those things that really decided this game but on offense i will say that um taylor heineke his ability to create plays create off schedule plays as well i was um, cooking up <laughs> yeah he was he was doing his thing um he created a lot of opportunities and uh for yards and and points that helped them stay in this game as opposed to someone like alex smith who's more conservative, a lot of checkdowns. I think the Bucks would have been kind of able to control this game more easily. Yeah. And then for Heineke, there wasn't a ton of film out on him anyway. So there's that. Uh, moving on to the Sunday slate. I know these games. The first game was the Ravens and the Titans. I first, let me say I was wrong, but I will say that early on, it did look like everything I said was going to come true. It looked like it's about to get up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, so in this game, the final score was 20 to 13. But in this game, the Titans got up to an early 10-0 lead. But the 10, I thought if they would have got a 14-0 lead, they would have punched the Ravens in the mouth. And that would have been a little harder to come back from. You know, a team 
a team that can score points, obviously, you know, they're dominant on the run on, on the ground. Uh, they don't really do it. You know, they're not amazing through there, but they're solid through the air. But you have a spectacular player like Lamar Jackson. You wanna you wanna put him away early. And I thought if they would have got a 14-0, they could have just rolled Derrick Henry for the rest of the game. But I gotta give credit, man. The Ravens defense, they keyed in on this matchup. They stopped Derrick Henry. When you stop Derrick Henry, that limits the Ryan Tannehill play action, mm -hmm. which creates for guys like um, John o. Smith, the tight end, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis. And I got to give credit, man. The Ravens, they they stopped, they stopped Derrick Henry. And Lamar Jackson, he was absolutely phenomenal. Now, in this next matchup against the Bills, I think he's going to have to play a little bit better. But I think... You know, the Ravens stopping Derrick Henry was pretty much the reason why they won this game. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I thought um, so. The the Titans they looked like they were in control early. They went up seven uh, nothing, and then Lamar threw the pick, and mm -hmm. they, they started driving. I said, if they get a touchdown, hey, this this is about to get ugly. It looked yeah. like a repeat of the game from last year, but the Ravens defense was able to key in, get that stop. Um, then the Ravens on their next drive. I think they kind of started to figure out the Titans' defense. They started to figure out their tempo. Um, they got down. I think they might have got down to the red zone, but they didn't score. They got that, so they um, ten to three. And then on the, the next drive that they got the ball back, that's when Lamar had that uh, that crazy that, run. He had that long run. And I think after that, once he broke that, I think he got a lot more confidence and uh -huh. he was able to. After that, he was just kind of having his way with the Titans' defense. And the uh, salute to the Ravens' defense, they were having their way with King Henry. They were they were making a lot of one-on-one -on -one tackles yeah. with him, too, as opposed to last year we saw King Henry just running all over them. So I think they locked in. And like you said, as a result, him not being able to break any runs, they weren't able to control the clock, and they weren't able to open up the play-action passing game. So, I mean, that – that was really all it took. And the Ravens didn't, they didn't really have, they really won this game more with their defense than their offense. For sure. They only put up 20 points, I believe. So. Yeah, 20 to 13 um, was the final Salute score. to the Ravens. Uh, I picked I picked third time was the charm, I guess. Um, <laughs> I picked them and they got it done. So salute to them. But it was a great game, great game. Yeah, full disclosure, I said last week, I know people gonna say I was hating, <laughs> but I said I wanted the Ravens to win, but I had to see it with my own two eyes and I saw it. They, 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 um, you know, Lamar Jackson got that monkey off his back. He won his first playoff game. I'm, I'm happy for him, man. I, the way I'm, you know, I'm gonna just spoil it earlier. I'm picking the Ravens to beat the Bills. So let's move on to the next game that day. And that, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, we had the Saints taking on the Bears. Um, the Saints won, but they didn't look dominant. You know what I'm saying? They didn't dominate, uh, they controlled the game, obviously, but I mean, we didn't really think the Bears were going to win. So to me, I feel like the Saints should have been more dominant in this game. I, they, they they scored 21. They, they I thought they were going to score like 30 on this team, but I mean, they won. They got I mean, out of there. The Bears are decent. Defense. Yeah, Bears defense is straight. Yeah, they, Bears defense is still a good unit. So. I mean, that's that. You got anything else on this game? I don't really have much. I mean, this, it kind of went exactly how we uh, talked about the the Bears' offense isn't an aggressive def uh, offense. They're more methodical mm -hmm. type of offense, you know, run the ball and just check downs, maybe take a shot here and there. Though. They had one open uh, with that one trick play early that was dropped. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah. I think after I think if they got that, maybe they could have kind of the game would have went a different way. But I think after that, um, I mean, the Saints they have too much talent on their defense to really be exploited by offense like that. They need uh, your offense needs to be more aggressive, have a lot of firepower to really challenge their. Uh, challenge their defense so i mean that's all i really have to say about this game it went exactly how i expected it to all right b jones and the last game of wild card weekend i told all of you i told you i told you not I, I, it felt weird to pick the browns but it felt so good to pick the browns and be right about it i even talked b jones into picking the yeah. browns if you guys listen b jones ain't even want to pick the browns yeah. he, he he had no intention on picking the browns but I talked them into it. Now, obviously, I didn't expect, you know, the first play of the game, you know, to be a fumble, you know, recover for a touchdown. But after that, everything else that I talked about, it kind of went that way. Big Ben, he did not. For real, for real, when I saw the Steelers lose to the Bengals, I was completely <laughs> turned off from them. Because I said that I said to B. Jones, I said they didn't just lose to the. You know Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, yeah, like that's was, that's that's, was, that's a nice thing. Like it was Ryan Finley and Giovanni Bernard, and I like Giovanni Bernard. He's a nice backup running back. You know what I'm saying? Third down back, but it wasn't it wasn't like like it wasn't like they lost to Joe Burrow, a nice QB. But yeah, it was Ryan Finley, and he only had seven completions. So that's why I was super turned off by the Steelers, and then I know it felt weird. You know, it's the Browns, and then people were harping on the. Oh, well, the Browns, you know, barely beat the Steelers B team or whatever. But the Steelers played most of their guys. Like, they, they played their offense pretty much, but no Big Ben. That's essentially what they did. I know they didn't have T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden. But, you know, you know, to me, I think all of those guys should have played, like, the first half. And I don't know, B. Jones, but is it me? Or would you have tried to not have a division opponent? Because they... You could have you could have knocked the them out. Yeah, you could have knocked them out and crushed yeah. their playoff hopes. Yeah, that, that was a little weird, especially since they were coming. They weren't coming as not like they had any momentum. Exactly, they were backing their way into the playoffs. They had clinched their spot, but they weren't playing well. So I think you should have played your guys to find some type of rhythm. Yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. That was a little bit of a weird decision. You saw they came out flat. So yeah, as a result. If it was up to me, I would have played my guys at least for the first half, mm -hmm. or maybe the full game. Cause you don't want you don't want you don't want a division rival to get into the playoffs. Then they they know you better than anybody else. Yeah. Cause they've already seen you two previous times. Twice, yeah. So uh, I know a lot of people are talking about you know the Browns didn't have their coach, so that could play a major factor into it. But the Browns they pretty much played how they've been playing all year. They they were dominant on the ground. And I said that I thought the Steelers were going to miss both of their linebackers and Devin Bush and Bud Dupree um, because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were having their way in this game. And, you know, I, I view Devin Bush as a very, you know, rangy, speed, athletic linebacker and Bud Dupree as well. They, they can make those tackles and they're not afraid to tackle Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I thought that was another matchup, but Steelers just didn't look good. It didn't look good. It was only for one moment. Where the Steelers got off, their defense got off the field. And they came back onto the field, but they punted it on like fourth and one. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, if they would have went for it, then that game kind of maybe could have potentially got a little bit more interesting. But the Browns, they, they were clicking on all cylinders. Defense, 
offense, special teams, you name it, they they play well. Uh, B. Jones, what's your thoughts? No, that was that was pretty. I didn't I didn't even really see too much of this game. So yeah, I remember you yeah. told me you didn't you didn't really watch it, but yeah, I watched it, man. It was. I mean, because by the time I was about to turn it on, it was already twenty. Yeah, it was, so it was said, disgusting. So I said, <laughs> all right, I'm not even about to watch. Yeah, so that is Wild Card Weekend. I want to hop into obviously divisional round, man. That's that's the next yes, round sir. that we have to talk about, and we got two teams that are coming off buys this week. But the first game of Divisional Round week Weekend is the Rams taking on the Packers. Uh, they have to travel to Green Bay to play in the cold. Um, excuse me. But I think I think the Rams, personnel-wise, I think they match up really, really well with the Packers. They have Jalen Ramsey, and I think him and Devontae Adams could cancel each other out. They still have other good guys in the secondary. Darius Williams, John Johnson. They have they have a nice defense as a whole. Aaron Donald, I know he's a little banged up, but he's gonna play. And I think the offense, I think the offense will be fine, man. I think, you know, I know Cooper Cup's banged up. You know, Jared Goff, he's banged up. But I think the offense will be just fine. Um uh, for the Packers, man, I you know, Devontae Adams has been their best weapon. And I think, you know, Jalen Ramsey. We'll be able to kind of, I'm not going to say shut him down because Devontae Adams is an excellent receiver. He was arguably the best receiver in football this year. But I think if the Rams defense is able to contain Aaron Jones, then I think the Rams could potentially win. And I think also in this game, the Packers will miss. They will really, really miss the presence of all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari. So I think that is something to watch out for. The Rams D-line uh, versus the Packers offensive line. B. Jones, what you got on this one? Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think uh, especially since this will be a, a cold weather game. Um, I mean, you could still pass the ball and, and uh, you know, throw the ball around. But I think that's the strongest skill set of the Packers offense. And I think in this like in this weather in this type of game it's kind of really going to come down who controls the wrench uh the trenches mm -hmm. and who uh controls the game through the running game and i think the rams are more well equipped to do that on offense and i think their defense is more well equipped to stop down high flying pass attack they like uh, like we've been saying they have a, a very athletic defense they yep. have a great d-line they have great versatile secondary so i think they can kind of create matchups in that secondary to kind of cap uh, cancel out the Packers receivers because they didn't really the Packers they didn't really play that many stout defense. That's what I was gonna say throughout the season. I mean they so they've kind of really been having their way the whole season. They haven't really had that really had to play any chess matches through the whole season. I think this game is gonna be the definition chess of a chess yeah. match. Yeah. The only the only doubt I have about the Rams is if, again Jared Goff because he's not healthy and even if he was healthy he's he, not a cold weather he, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm hesitant about that, but I think they'll. I think the offense, the game plan, offensive game plan will be run first because there's there's a couple matchups on this Packers defense that can be exploited too. So um, I mean, Jair, Jair, Jair Alexander, he's been having a great season, but I think they take a run first approach and they can kind of string together like a bunch of like four to five yard carries and open up the secondary with the passing game. Yeah, um, and, with play, the, and play, play action. action. That, that's action. That's golf and McVeigh's thing. Yeah, so I think I think I think that'll be the formula uh, for them. Um, but they're gonna have to keep the rank. I mean, they're gonna have to keep the Packers to under, I would say, under twenty-four points. I was gonna yeah. say, 
Uh, with that being said, yeah, they can't I, get into a shootout. Yeah, they they can't. They can't. Um, I think I I got the Rams winning this in a close one. Mm-hmm. Then they're gonna win like twenty seven to twenty four. But I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna be surprised if the Packers, you know, win this game. They are at home. Yeah, the Packers should win. They should win. But I think the Rams is a good matchup. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as confident as I was, and when I picked the Browns and the Titans last week. Right. But I, I, I still think that the Rams have a good shot. <laughs> um, next game, we have the Ravens taking on the Bills, and obviously, I thought the Ravens were going bye bye last week, but. They live to fight another day. And I think in this game, it's going to be interesting. I think there's a it's going to be a lot of good matchups in this game. I'm, in, I'm very curious to see. I mean, both of these QBs are very mobile. But I'm curious to see. I want to I wanna see how the Ravens defense plays against this Bills offense. Um, you got Stephon Diggs, who's been spectacular. Obviously, he's going to see Marlon Humphrey, and he's going to see Marcus, Marcus Peters. Um, I think he could dominate Marcus Peters. I ain't going to hold you, but I don't. I, I want to see. I want to see the Ravens' coverage. I want to see uh, how they look to contain him because I don't think you can stop Stephon Diggs. But I do think that he can be contained. Um, but I just when I look at this matchup, I I, I gotta go with the Ravens, man. I gotta go with the Ravens, bro. I think, I think on this Bills, you can. I think a weakness of the Bills, their defense is you can run on them. You can run on them. Uh, the Colts were able to run a little bit on them last week. Uh, Naeem Hines even had some big runs last week. I, I, I'm gonna take the Ravens in this spot, man. I think, I think they have a really good opportunity and a good chance of getting this done, man. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Um, and the primary reason for that is kind of one of the reasons that I was hesitant to pick the Ravens against the Titans last week. And that's because the uh, the Titans, they were uh, they their offense runs through the run game. And that, as a result, that opens up the play-action game. I said the strength of the Ravens' defense was their pass rush. And they weren't going to have really many opportunities to get after Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. with this game. The, uh, the Bills are really a drop-back passing team. And I think they can force... We've seen Josh Allen kind of make questionable decisions at times, and I think they'll be able to get to him and kind of force him into some questionable decisions. Also, uh, Zach Moss won't won't be playing, so that's, that's a key component of their running game. So I think they're really going to have to lean on their passing game to win this game, and I think the strength of the deep Ravens defense is their pass defense. Um, and I think... Uh, there'll be some opportunities for the Ravens' offense in the running game. Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins. Um, and yeah, and I think Lamar's Lamar will be able to make more off-schedule plays against this defense than he was able to last week. So I think this is just a good matchup for the Ravens. I'm more confident this week than I was in the last week against the Titans. Yeah, I mean. You know, when you get to this point in the playoffs, it's really just all about matchups. Yeah. And I just think this particular week is a good. It's a. It's a, the Ravens just have better. They have better advantages this week, and I think you know for the reasons you just mentioned, uh, they will prevail and they will you know advance on to the AFC Championship. I don't know about you know, them <laughs> winning the AFC Championship. Yeah, yeah, that's, but a that's a different story. But I like them to advance, man. Um. We got two more games. 
we got the games that are going to be on Sunday. We have the Browns and Chiefs. And, you know, I don't think, I'm not going to say the Browns were just happy to be there. You know, they got they got their first playoff win in a very, very long time. Um, but they got to play against, B. John, I think the Chiefs, it's definitely fair to say this is the best offense we've ever seen in our lives. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, and the and the Steelers' offense, especially as of late, was a horrible offense. Yeah. So you got it's a whole, whole different beast. It's, yeah, exactly, it's a whole different beast. You got uh, the best quarterback, and I think it's going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play when it's all said and done. And Patrick home. Mahomes, and you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, those guys got a week off. They got extra time to get ready um, and get their bodies right. And I just think, I will say this, though. I think the Browns can run the ball on the Chiefs. I think they can. But I just don't know when it comes to putting up points. Well, they, 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 they I'm not even gonna say they 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 might, but they they I don't think they can. Yeah. I don't think they can score like and they scored 48 last week, but it wasn't like a shootout 48. You know what I'm saying? It was taking advantage of short fields Turnovers. and yeah. Ben Roethlisberger threw four picks last week. Patrick Mahomes is not gonna throw four picks. You know what I'm saying? So the Browns were just they were just taking advantage off of over what was given to them last weekend. You know I gotta give credit when credit is due, like I already did. They were my pick, but I just think. This week, this weekend is a different beast, and for those reasons alone, I'm taking the Chiefs to win. Um, yeah, uh, same as well. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs uh, mainly because of all the reasons you just said. The Browns' offense really runs through Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt, and in a game like this, you're gonna have to put up a lot of points because Pat Mahomes is gonna put up a lot of points. I know the Browns' defense has Miles Garrett and. Uh, guys like that but I think I think I mean Pat Mahomes he's always going to make plays I think the Chiefs will at least put up 30 points yeah and, um, you can't you like, you can't really be a methodical you mean you can't if you if you play methodical against the against the Chiefs you're gonna have to dominate you have to slow them down a lot on offense and I don't think the Browns really have the personnel to slow down all the Chiefs weapons so I think I mean, I think I could see this game kind of being like close in the second half. I mean, the first half, you mm-hmm. like, oh, the, the Browns got a chance, and then the Chiefs come out and, you know, end up winning by like 17 or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because the first half and first quarter, but, you know, especially the first half, you know, those those earlier drives, those are all scripted stuff. Yeah. And I think the Browns can potentially hang around, especially in the first half. But. I just think in the second half, this game has the potential to get really ugly. Uh, the Chiefs uh, make, you know, pretty good adjustments. And I think, you know, a lot of people have been talking about how the Chiefs haven't been covering the spread or, like, beating people by double digits. I feel like they they heard the noise. They they might, they're going to try to get the Browns up out of there. Um, but should be a nice game. Uh, the last time I saw Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes play, was in college and they put up a fireworks show. Yeah, Big uh, 12 football. Big 12 football. Uh, in the last game, uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Saints. B. Jones, I'm actually going to start with you on this one. Okay, yeah, I don't honestly don't know how to call this game because the Saints really dominated, like really, really dominant. Like Both 30 times. point victories against. Especially that second yeah, time. Against the, uh, against the Bucks this season. And 
the talent gap between these two teams isn't really that large. Um, I don't even think it's a. I don't even think it's a huge gap. I don't. I don't even know if it's a gap. Yeah, but I did hear an interesting stat today. I think um, I didn't double check it, but I think I heard that the Bucks only beat one team over five hundred this season. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think yeah, real check, quick. Check their schedule real quick, just real briefly. Let me double because I don't want to say that and it's not true. <laughs> if that's if that's true. Then the Bucks might have have the Bucks might have tricked us. Might be um, frauds. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I'm gonna just have to go with the Saints by default because I don't really have any other reason to pick pick the Bucks. Whoa, whoa, maybe the Packers. Mm-hmm. And that might be the only one because they see the Giants. Maybe. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> even, even the football team last week. It was 7-9. They only beat one They only beat one team over 500 this season. So it's kind of like they've been building up. On, in, I think, what they won, 11 games or 10 games? I think 11. So you, you played, you 10 of your 11 wins were against teams under 500. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really trust them. And Taylor Heineke was was moving the ball on them last week, mm-hmm. so I mean the the Bucks the Bucks they do have the firepower to exploit the Saints on defense, but I I just can't trust the Bucks. I just can't trust them. Yeah, um, I <laughs> this is tough, man. Um, cause I, I really want to pick the Bucks, and I think I still will, man. For some reason. Or another, when the Saints get into a really big playoff game, something always happens. Something always happened last year against the Vikings. Um, they had a, they, the Saints actually got the pass interference rule in their favor, and then they got worked against the same exact rule that they basically got approved, and that rule has since been abolished. They lost on the Kyle Rudolph year before that. Was the was that Minneapolis miracle? Or was that the Rams? So the Rams. So so year before that, they lost to the Rams on that controversial call. Year before that, Minneapolis miracle. Like something years ago, Marshawn Lynch run. Yeah. Something always happens in these big games. So it's either gonna happen this week or it's gonna happen the week after. <laughs> and I'm gonna just say it's gonna happen this week. Some BS. Something is gonna. They're just gonna get the wrong break. And yeah, they're gonna lose. I'm, I'm not just just gonna base my whole like theory that that's how all the Buccaneers are gonna win. But I just feel like they they'll finally they'll finally get their act together. Granted, I mean I know you said they you know they didn't beat only beat one team over 500, but at the end of the day, you play who you play. They didn't tell the schedule makers, hey, give us the Falcons is our last two two of our last three games. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. That's not impressive. That's not impressive. But I think Tom Brady will be able to get this team over the hump. I think if the offensive line shows up and they're able to protect Brady, that they can win this game. Um, I know Marshawn Lattimore, he plays really, really well when it comes to Mike Evans. But I'm going to just take the Buccaneers in this spot, man. I'm a, 
I'm gonna take them, but I'm not confident in it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I think the Buccaneers can't win. It is tough to beat a team three times in a row, but I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the Buccaneers to get this W. I respect it. I respect it. All right, so let's move on. I got a couple of more things before we get out of here. Um, I wanted to talk about um coaching hires. We actually this is a busy week, bro. Yeah. This is a busy week, man. We had some coaching hires. We actually had a coaching firing. I'm going to talk about that after these hires. But uh, the first hire was Urban Meyer mm. returning to coaching. Obviously, we know how much of a, a great college coach that he was. Um, he was at Florida, won a couple of national championships back then, you know, with Tim Tebow. Uh, one more with Ohio State, Ezekiel Elliott, that Cardell Jones team. And, um... I want to say this is an interesting hire. I always felt like Urban Meyer would come back out of retirement if if the opportunity was right, whether it was college or in the pros. Um, he did take this Jaguars job. I don't know if it's the greatest thing, but I think you know them having a number one pick definitely played a major factor into it. Um, but I want to say this. We've seen examples of college coaches coming into the NFL and then not work out. Um, Nick Saban, the greatest college coach ever, he came to the NFL, it didn't work out. Um, we saw Chip Kelly, initially it worked, but then he had a falling out with the Eagles, man. And then he even got a second opportunity with the 49ers and he was fired. Um, what's another example? Um, I mean, if you wanna go back, you got like Steve Spurrier. Oh yeah, I was talking about that about this yesterday. Steve Spurrier, um, early 2000s, coached the Washington Redskins. That didn't work out. Um, definitely some in between. I don't, it's slipping my mind right now. It's definitely yeah, it is some in between. I know we got Matt Rule who just came up from Baylor. The only one example that, that that actually worked as of you know very recently was Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Bill O'Brien. Oh yeah, Bill O'Brien was a college I mean, well, he, coach. That worked for a little bit. I mean, but he he was really in the NFL. Then he went to college yeah. and came back. But that yeah, uh, but yeah, the the example that actually worked was Jim Harbaugh uh, right. when he came from Stanford to yeah. the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers made a Super Bowl appearance. So that's the one that actually worked. But the 49ers, as far as talent, they, they, they didn't have bad talent back then, you know. Yeah. They had Alex Smith as their QB. You know, he got hurt. You know, Colin Kaepernick came through. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it has the potential to work if the Jaguars give him time. Because you got to give a guy time when he's taking over a team like this, an organization like this. Jaguars went 1-15, guys. And then one win happened in week one. So, yeah, they went a long time without winning. So, you know, week one was, was September, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, B. Jones, what do you think about this hire, man? Is it, do you think it's just a, a sexy splash hire? Do you think? I mean, not, not necessarily to me. I mean, I'm not really a super Urban Meyer guy. Like, he's had success in college. I just like him for Ohio State, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's had a lot of success in college. Like, seems like a, a solid dude. But I mean, I think I, the Jack, I, and it's not even really about him. It's just the fact that the Jaguars are kind of like a. a they're not a good organization. Yeah, they're a joke of a franchise. So I mean, I think he will have opportunity just off of the strength that this division is kind of up in the air right now. I mean, the Titans are pretty much going to be bringing back all their guys, but the Texans are 
in like purgatory right now. Deshaun Watson might even want out. And then the Colts, um, Phillip Rivers, he might be hanging it up. So I think there will be an opportunity there for him, especially um, they're expected to bring in Trevor Lawrence. So if you get a you get a quality quarterback in there, there'll be chances for them to win games. But I think, I mean, I don't, definitely not any type of contender at any, at any point during his tenure, but I think they might be able to slip in a couple of nine and seven type of playoff berths. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, that's what I see as a ceiling for uh, for this hire. I don't think yeah. he's gonna revive this franchise. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they have the number one pick in the draft. They have eleven total picks in the draft. Hundred million dollars in cap space. Um, will we see some some of the former players maybe try to go to Jacksonville? I don't know. Uh, remains to be seen, man. But I do think it's interesting. For sure. Next hire we had was Robert Sala, Forty um, ers defensive coordinator. He got named the head coach of the New York Jets. Uh, me, me and B. Jones are talking about Robert Sala. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of different reasons in the past week. But what do you think about this hire, man? I mean, I don't really have much to say about it. Neither do I. Because it's the Jets, you know what I'm saying? This is another bad organization. I think their issues with them are deeper than the coach. Now, Adam Gates didn't seem like a good dude at all. I mean, his players didn't really like him from what we've heard. Um, Robert Sala seems like a solid dude. Seems like his players like him. So, I mean, maybe they'll be more inspired to play for them, play for him. But, I mean, also, also, the thing I don't like about this hire, he's not really an offensive-minded coach, and they haven't really – we have, we don't we don't really know what to think of Sam Darnold because we haven't been able to see him yeah. in, like, an effective offensive system. So we don't really know if it's the system or it's the pieces around them or if it's just or if he's just not that dude. So, I mean, I think they really should have went in a more offense direction. But I mean, this might be a good culture hire, but that doesn't necessarily translate to wins. Exactly. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see who they bring in as their offensive coordinator, their QB coach. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Robert Tyler is a defensive guy. Um, Richard Sherman came out and said, you know, he liked playing for him. So we'll see, man. We'll we'll see how that hire, you know, winds up, man. Will we be will we be talking about it in a good way or a bad way soon? But what yeah. remains to be seen. I mean, it could it might be like a Brian Flores type of situation. Could be. But the thing, the only thing that's stopping that is again the organization. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, then we had that one more hire that just happened this evening. Um, a couple of hours ago, actually, uh, was Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator from the Titans. He was named the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Um, I think, I think this is interesting. I expected the Falcons to go offensive mind. The last coach they had was uh, Dan Quinn, so that's a defensive minded coach. Usually, uh, when when people hire coaches, they go offensive guy to defensive guy. So they, they, they cycle around. But I think this hire, it should be a good hire, man. Um, you know, before Ryan Tannehill was was um was started to start for the Titans last year, he was kind of a waste, man. He was the back he, he was signed to Tennessee as the backup to Marcus Mariota. And I guess they said, All right, Mariota, you're out of here, bro. You just not getting it done. And Ryan Tannehill came in. He played well, and you have to give a lot of that credit to Arthur Smith and 
It'll be interesting to see, man. He Arthur Smith, he joins this Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he joins them, and he still has a lot of talent. You still have Matt Ryan. You still have Julio Jones. We don't know if those guys, I heard their name, they may get traded, but still have those guys if they stick around. You still got Calvin Ridley, who's looked like a legit number one, number one wide receiver when Julio's out. You still got, you still got pieces, man. I always thought the Atlanta Falcons were very, very talented, but a lot of the stuff was on Dan Quinn as far as closing games and stuff like that. But we'll see, man. I think this is a good hire. Um, I thought they might have went Eric Bieniemy, but Arthur Smith should be a good hire. Um, yeah, I think this is a interesting hire um what i will say is i think because the falcons offense really hasn't been the same since kyle shanahan mm -hmm. left to take that 49ers job so i think this is kind of an attempt to kind of maybe restore that kind of magic to the offense um what i will say about the the falcons current roster the way they're currently built is a pass first offense and Arthur Smith is coming from the Tennessee Titans where the pass game was opened up by having a strong bell cow back yep. like Derrick Henry. So it'll be interesting to see if he can switch to an aired out offense or if he's going to try to get a type of running back in there. Not necessarily a Derrick Henry, but a, a bell cow back that can, you know, kind of control the game on the ground and then open up, um, open up the passing game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they hire for their GM um, as well to see uh, just like what kind of personnel decisions they make. Yeah. And we did have one head coach firing this week. And that was the Eagles firing Doug Peterson, the coach who just led them to a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago, man. Mm -hmm. um, I thought to me, I thought he deserved maybe one more year. Eagles had a lot of injuries. Brandon Brooks, right guard, got hurt before the season even started. They had guys like Lane Johnson in and out of the lineup. Deshaun Jackson in and out. Alshon Jeffrey in and out. Um, Zach Ertz in and out. They had a bevy of injuries, and I thought they maybe should have gave Doug Peterson. I'm not going to say, like, it was completely unwarranted. You know, you can argue, you know, he, things have been kind of suspect lately, but the whole division was bad this year. So, I, me personally, I would have gave him one more year. You know, this is the guy that got you your first ever ring in, in franchise history. So, I would have gave him, you know, a longer leash. But we we just got to see what the Eagles do now. They have a vacancy ahead, Coach. So what were your thoughts on this, on this firing? I mean, I'm not... It definitely kind of caught me off guard, but I'm not, I don't really hate it. I think something had to change in Philly. You just couldn't bring back everybody. You couldn't bring back Wentz with the same coach, with the same GM. I think if you got rid of Doug Peterson, you kind of had to get rid of the GM too, because some of this is on him. If you look at personnel. Yeah, decisions. me and you were talking about that the other day, man. If drafting J.J. Arcega, Whiteside. Over uh, D.K. Metcalf. And, and drafting Jalen Rago over Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Just to name a few, there's been others as well. So I think... If they keep the GM and they bring in a new coach, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. But, I mean, something had to change. We'll see what happens with Wentz, um, and then we'll see who they hire. But I think I, I don't necessarily hate if they got rid of Doug Peterson. It is kind of wild to get rid of a coach with three years after winning the Super Bowl. You don't really see that. But, I mean. This is a what have you done for me lately business. Yep. And he wasn't, he wasn't getting it done, so. 
yeah and that is it that's literally all i got for you guys um this was a, a little bit of a longer episode man kind of special i uh, got to pull up on my man b jones sure. and uh, b jones appreciate you for the hospitality for sure and you know for all the work that you do behind the scenes bro appreciate that man uh to my audience I uh, appreciate all you guys for the continued love and support. I got this hoodie on, man, because I, I need a haircut. I need a haircut bad. Mm. Uh, and I will take care of that tomorrow morning. My birthday is on Monday. Uh, but thank you guys for the continued love and support. I'm your host. I'm your guy, Mike Curry, and I am signing out. Episode number 154 is done. Peace. What knock this on out right now? Yeah, which, uh, are you talking about this? Yeah. Yeah, um.